I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is going to be so fun because my guest speaks my language, but has tools for us to add to our toolkit so we can live an even more magical life. Since having this podcast, I have met some incredible people with such fascinating stories. Each guest has given me a different perspective on life and how to take my life to a higher level. I'm always on a journey to improve and grow and find ways to make my life that much better every single day. Watching my students in raising confidence, uncover their magic, and see how powerful they are has been one of the biggest gifts for me this past year. Now that I am teaching the Magic Path course to adults, it has opened a door that is so incredible to witness these powerful women discover who they truly are after years of living with limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. The most powerful experience is when I see a shift in the way they view who they truly are and begin seeing themselves as a being of pure love and source energy. Then they start living in a knowing and have an awareness that they can be, do, or have anything. And life begins to be so much fun and take on a whole new meaning. When you learn these mindset tools, you begin to live life with so much more gratitude and know everything in your life is for you. I'm getting ready to start my next Raising Confidence course for teens and the Magic Path for Adults. If you or you know anyone who would benefit from learning my magical tools and take their life to the next level, just contact me at my website at ashleygonner.com or you can email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com. The eight weeks we spend together one-on-one is pure magic. Each one of us is on our own journey of self-discovery and learning the tools to ignite your life to the next level and see life in a new way is my passion for everyone who connects with me. I look forward to hearing from you. So let's get this interview started. Today, my guest is Vaughn Granger. Vaughn is the host of the podcast, Being a Rainmaker. He is a seven-figure business owner, serial entrepreneur, and men's performance coach on a mission to help individuals reach new heights in their professional and personal lives. He developed the game method as a framework for addressing and optimizing all the key areas of our lives simultaneously so that we can ultimately show up in the world as our absolute best selves. So without further ado, please welcome Vaughn to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So fun. I love talking to you before we pushed record and it gets me excited. And when I hear somebody loves 
personal development and always wanting to grow and wondering why am I not creating or doing something that excites me. And when I have this podcast and I know you have one too, and I love it Mm -hmm. and we will talk about that, but you know, when you have these podcasts and you can have this one hour time that I never would get with you, I never would have met you. And here I am, I get to meet you and listen to your amazing story and to hear your tools that you use to empower the people in your life. And All the things that, you know, when you think of even just starting a podcast, you know, starting a business, all the things that, you know, we've done in our lives. I know you're younger than me, but, you know, when you start to, you know, look back at your life and you're like, gosh, I, I did that. I did that. Now, why can't I do that? So all the things that layer upon life, it gets so exciting to know that it never ends. We're always creating every single minute of the day, but I want you to take us back to, I want you to talk about your childhood, kind of where, how you were raised. Cause I know that's a big part of your story. And I know that your dad played a big role in kind of your business and all that, but, and I love the story of how you met your wife at high school and all those kind of things. I loved learning about you this last week. So take me wherever you want. Uh, let's see. So I guess, um, Anytime I travel, people are like, are you from Texas? Because I, I have a weird little accent to me. So I grew up on a horse farm uh, in South Carolina. And I'm a second generation clothier by trade. But growing up, I mean, you know, Saturdays were filled with cleaning stalls and, and cutting grass and taking care of the chores and playing outside. And when I wasn't doing that, I was playing sports being active and doing well in school were always big priorities growing up. So I, I always had like a high work ethic, if you will. So I I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. But before that, uh, I was kind of lackadaisical about applying for colleges. I had I applied to three colleges. One said that I had a chance to get a scholarship playing baseball, um, but I'd have to to walk on and earn it. Another uh, university said, don't waste your time uh, trying to attend here. And then the University of South Carolina gave me an academic scholarship. So it was a pretty easy decision. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, so I I went to college. I lived on campus. My parents and I, they we had a, a little deal that if I got a scholarship, they would buy me a car and then they would provide me with six months worth of living expenses at a clip. And it was my job to keep my scholarship. And as long as I'd maintained that, part of the deal, they would keep maintaining theirs as long as I graduated in four years. So like three weeks into college, I had burned through six months worth of living expenses. <laughs> I, oh. I, I was like, uh-oh. And I wasn't about to go ask my parents for for more money. So and, uh, I got a job, waiting tables. I started checking in boxes. I did ask my father for a job at the clothing store. So I worked in the shipping and receiving room. And so through four years of school, I would I take classes and and work Monday through Friday, and then I'd bolt out of Columbia, South Carolina, and go visit my girlfriend who was at Clemson, about three hours away, and did that for four years. And we ended up getting married. And about well, it was a, like three days before going into our senior year. I remember going up to my parents for lunch, actually in our in our office, and. Was sat down and I said, Hey, I, th- I would love when I graduate a year from now to come in and just have a job as a salesperson. And they were like, Absolutely not. 
And I was like, huh? They're like, no, go be a doctor or an attorney or something. Just don't come into retail. So I kept pushing them. And I finally said, look, either y'all let me do this or I'm going to go work for a competitor. Mm-hmm. They said, no, we, we'd love to have you. And so they were, they just wanted to make sure it was my decision. So I had a job lined up for when I graduated. And then I said, well, while we're talking about things, I think Aaron, who's was my girlfriend at the time, I said, I don't think I'm going to get any better of a woman that can tolerate me and that I love to death. I was like, I think I want to marry Aaron. And so they were like, wow. So I literally called her father and met with him about an hour later and asked if I could marry his daughter. And then I proposed that evening. So in one day, I figured out what I was going to do career-wise. As it looks at this point for the rest of my life, I married the woman that I'm still married or proposed to the woman that I'm married to today. We have three kids. And I've just been, you know, kind of prior to to the recording part of this, when I feel the the movement inside of me that I'm supposed to take action, I've just become very comfortable diving into it and leaning into it, no matter how scary it may seem at times. And the most beautiful things in my entire life, whether it's my profession, my marriage, having children, uh, one of the scariest things I ever did was even entertain having a third child. Everything is about trusting to take action versus hanging on to the past. So I, that's a, a long way to get to where I'm at. But you know, now I, I own several businesses and have three wonderful kids. I have a 12-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old daughter, and a 7-year-old son, and life is full. Oh, I love it. You know, I'm going to talk about the inspired action like we talked about before, but I think that's important because when just knowing at that age, that you were going to do all that and just trust and surrender and, you know, go for it. You know, usually in my heart, people, it takes a a long time, a lot of life lessons to have that trust. So people are constantly questioning themselves. Their limiting beliefs are, you know, always there and, you know, putting the blinders on so they can't see that, you know, gosh, you can have anything. And I'm always about when I work with my kids or the parents that I work with, I see it in them if they don't see it. And I just loved, I could pull it out. (laughs) You got to get that, those limiting beliefs off and just listen to that inspired action. And the inspired action isn't like, I mean, we've got both experienced Tony Robbins and have done all the amazing things where we learn how to take action. Right. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such an important thing, but when you really listen inside and you really listen to that, that voice that says, go this way, go this way. You should do this. I'm going to marry Aaron. This, you know, you're just like, this is it. I'm going to do this now. That is the magic. That is what makes me feel like just knowing you at that age, you trusted and you knew that you, you were on your journey. You were going to start taking risks and doing that. And that's where you are now in your life. And I want you to go back to the place where, when Aaron wanted a third child, when you had that time where, when you felt like, I felt like that was kind of a pinnacle wake up for you. Yeah, for sure. I will speak to that. There's one, so there are a couple, and most of the ones I'm about to share, they were really not, during in the moment, they were very painful moments in life to an extent that immediately did a 180 and were the best. In 2008, I had just become a partner at Granger Owings. 
I bought, I looked at like the historical earnings of a partner for like the last 10 years. I said, great, I'm going to go buy a new house, bought two new cars. Two or three months later, Erin tells me she's pregnant with our first child. Fast forward, you know, nine months, it's 2008. I literally was skipping paychecks to keep employees on staff. I was one paycheck away from not being able to pay the mortgage and I got shingles and was quarantined in the room over our garage away from my newborn child and Aaron. And I was like, and I was on that was a gamma pentin or whatever it is, the nerve medicine to like make the shingles not as bad. And it was terrible. Huh. I was all alone. I was like, this is awful. I'm never going to be in this position ever again. And like, that was 2008. So like from 2008 to 2013, I really was just all about getting my house in order and being prepared and, and operating like an adult, like a responsible adult, the way is how I defined it. Like having my finances in order, just like that. So that was a that was a pivotal moment, and I kind of felt like I had my stuff together. And then at that point, you fast forward to 2013. Erin uh, and I, we had two beautiful daughters. I grew up with all boys. Never thought I'd have a daughter. Fell in love with them, mm-hmm. and I thought we were good. Like. I was growing up, like we, there were four people is me, my brother, my mom, my dad. And like, it was grained into my head. Like booths at a restaurant are made for four people, not five. So families should be in sets of four. So like, oh, I thought I was done with two kids and I'll never forget it. Thursday night, we went out to dinner. The kids were spending the night out and Aaron and I came home and we were, we were sitting in the little nook in our kitchen and we had a little full nightcap, little cocktail. And I thought things were going well. And all of a sudden she starts crying. I was like, what are you crying about? And she was like, you're never going to let us have a third child. And I can smell what the kitchen smelt like during the conversation. Oh, huh. I was like, interesting. it's so weird. But I was like, baby, I, every time you bring the conversation of a third child, up, I think about time and money and how I don't have enough of either one of them. And like, as soon as the, those words left, like I tried to pull them back because I was like, wait a minute. And I literally, I looked at her and I said, baby, I'm sorry. I need to do some work on myself. And I was comparing time and money to the two biggest gifts of my life uh, or two of the biggest gifts of my life, which were my kids. And I was like, there's no comparison. What, like, what are you doing? Because you're like, you don't think you can earn more money or you can't figure out how to have more time. Like, and I literally had the very next day I called a coach. And if you fast forward, a handful of months later, my income had doubled in 90 days. My brother, we were sitting at a restaurant in New York and my brother, it was me and my wife, my brother. And he said, Aaron, are you pregnant? She goes, no, I'm not pregnant. And he said, that's funny. I, I had a dream last night that you were pregnant with a little boy. And oh a day later, my wife walks into the hotel room. She'd been shopping and she pulls out this Louis Vuitton bag. And I was like, oh, great that and I, like she was very wise in the way she did it and then she pulls out this little lovey which is you know what i call the little blankets for stuffed animals for kids and she, i was like who's that for and she goes the baby and i said huh what baby and she goes i'm pregnant and nine months later we had our son liam uh-huh. uh so our little baby boy and it's just in that moment that was probably the biggest step in faith because Aaron and I, we we didn't necessarily try to have a child, but we didn't necessarily not try to have a child, if that makes sense. And I just said, you know, if 
if God wants us to have a child, we'll have a child. If we're not supposed to have one, we won't have one. But I am going to control what I can control, which was getting, figuring out business and how to separate time and earning capacity and things like that. And then next thing you know, I had a little boy, which mm. I never knew I wanted a little boy. So I had a little boy and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, this is so cool. And it was the scariest slash most awesome thing I've ever done in my entire life. And it's given me the faith and the courage uh, to do other very quote unquote scary things. Yeah. It's just, it's, anytime I doubt, I go back to that. And that same time is where I really became to know the Lord at like, uh, not just at an intellectual level, but having a real relationship with him and also trusting going back to what you said, the voice, that inner, that inner truth that resides in everyone. If we choose to listen to it and act on it. And I think, you know, I mean, it's so cool. You started this podcast during chaos. I started coaching private clients in the middle of chaos because I wanted to impact people and share my gift, but it's scary. I mean, putting yourself out there is scary. And like, you're looking at all these the COVID and chaos and news and it's like, ah, oh. but when you start creating and you start acting on what the voice is telling you, like all the other stuff, just kind of, there's peace. It's really, it's so cool. I mean, it's, oh, it's so cool. Once you experience it, it's like, it's a drug without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. And I want to understand. So your wife says this, to you that night sitting there, mm-hmm. you can smell the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next day you hire a coach. Yep. So I hired a sales coach, Kitty Barra, Southwestern Consulting. I'll never for, forget her. I said, look, here's the number that I have to hit in sales. I will do anything that you tell me I need to do. If you guarantee that if what you tell me to do, if I do it, that will we'll hit the mark. And she said, without a shadow of a doubt, if you put in the work, you will do it. And I said, done. I, I didn't ask it. I paid more money than I ever paid to a coach right there on the spot, signed the check, and never looked back. And 90 days later, I had taken more time out of my business to spend with Aaron. I'd made more money than I ever had prior. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Like what? Give me some example. Was it a more of I a mean, mindset? That she was teaching you? So, I mean, I had, uh, to be very candid, I, I haven't really thought about it uh, so prior to you asking this question. She had me do a vision board for the first time. And like, I'd been to the Tony Robbins stuff prior to this and like heard of vision boards and, and visualization and things like that. But I like, I never got very specific to the point of like, I'll, I can still see it. Like I had a little, I had a surfing shot. I had a Rolex watch. I had a Porsche, a <laughs> uh, Cayman S. And I had this house and I had this ski trip. And the house that I had, I'll never forget. I walked out of delivering clothes to a client of mine. And I called here and I said, I just saw a dream house. And this guy's living in it. I was like, here's what it looks like. And we now live in that house. Oh and my gosh. I bought, uh, the only difference on the Porsche that I bought <laughs> was it mine was silver instead of black and the only thing all that like everything on the board was achieved with the exception of a rolex watch and i went with a brightling instead because i wanted it oh (laughs) my gosh my husband's gonna love this (laughs) (laughs) so like legitimately and, and then from there it's just getting really so mindset yeah but then 
because I was an athlete. Like if you put work, like if you have work for me to do, and especially growing up on a farm, like I'm just going to do the work. Like that's just the way I was raised. It's not like, oh, I didn't feel like doing homework. No, you do your homework. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's not a question. Yeah, it was never an option to just bail out. So having a coach, quite frankly, it wasn't anything terribly revolutionary. It wasn't like a drastic overnight shift. It was just daily doing the work, whether it was cutting out the pictures of the magazine and putting them on the board or or making the phone calls or asking for the referrals. It was nothing that I didn't already know to an extent, but it was just consistently doing the work. And then it, like 90 days when you start at day zero seems like a lot, but then you look in 90 days and how much an entire life can transform. It's like, holy cow, you could, you could have a revelation like every four times a year at this right. pace. It's, it's crazy. And so it's just the work and having the accountability. And I haven't stopped having a coach since like I coach people and I, and I pay coaches to coach me. And quite frankly, I have multiple coaches for different areas of my life. And I love it. It's it frees up mental space and I can just focus on, on doing the work, which is what I love and then play. Which yeah, is I'm all about that. Me. Yes. I think <laughs> but if people don't understand how important having a coach or a mentor or someone that you, it's an accountability for sure, you know, and mm-hmm. they've gotten something. <laughs> I mean, I always say, go find the person that does what you do want to do and just copy it. Like it doesn't, you know, just do what they've done. You know, it doesn't just do it. That's what's so inspiring. I think like Tony Robbins talks about it all the time just a mutual mentor of ours. Uh, Uh He talks about like duplicating, like just find the blueprint, just copy like success leaves clues. Um, Russell, uh, Russell Brunson, Uh you know, I follow him. And I got, I started my podcast because he challenged, it was like one funnel away or whatever it was. And it was during COVID. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try to post content 30 days in a row. And I'm right. going to work on, I'm, and I was scared to speak. So I started a podcast. And then oh, I was cool. like, then I got really petrified of video and public speaking. And so 90 days ago, I started posting a live video every single day. Mm-hmm. And now I'm much more comfortable, but it's just like, just copy what other people are doing. Right. And you'll get there a lot faster than they did because they had to learn. You just copy. It's right. It takes a, and it's not really that scary. I mean, that's the other thing is most people are afraid of like going for it, but like worst case scenario, you can literally recreate exactly what you have. Like you have that formula figured out. It's right. not hard to, to get back to there. Exactly. I love it. So, Anyway, sorry. But yeah, you got me it is. But when you, th- well, no, but you know, when you think of, uh, you know, for finding somebody that can, I'm like right now I have, um, I'm in two classes and I'm always wanting to learn. And I'm, I learn from those classes and then I generate that and it goes right into my clients. Like, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so glad I have all this information. And I feel that, I mean, there's so much out there, you know, that you can take and use and, you know, keep growing and creating something. I love it. Well, you take this, this, for example, I mean, we're total strangers and we're however many miles apart and we're, we're having a video podcast and it costs basically nothing. I mean, there's never, 
say if you want to create, there's never been a more opportunistic time. I mean, it's crazy the tools that everybody's walking around with in their pocket if you know how to use it. And it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful time to add value and to chase dreams. And you don't even have to give away the security of a, you know, a, a nine to five or a, an hour, a salary job or whatever to go pursue a passion. If you view it the right way, it's such an opportunistic time that it's just incredible. Yes. Tell me how you coach. What's like, I was reading your thing where you have the game method. What's your mission? What are you passionate about in getting, pulling things out of people? Yeah. So the biggest, my thing is, I feel like we're all created in the image of God. Um, Now that's my, my personal religious belief, but the gist of it is we're all capable of greatness. And each one of us have our own unique, going back to the voice, we all have our own unique experiences, the way we were raised and have our unique abilities and gifts. So our definition of success can look very different, you know, and what looks like success today may change 90 days from now, three years from now, whatever it is. But the whole concept of the game is really like, just go, like, go play the game of growth. Like go be the best version of you today, which sounds kind of contrite, but I'm a free flowy kind of spirit. I'm visionary. I like to surf and look disheveled half the time. (laughs) And so I needed a structure that was simple enough for me to play in, but allow and consistently like provide foundations to my day, but then also gave me enough room to create flow in and out of things. So really the game is just an acronym I came up with. G is for growth and it's just growing, but it's really focused in four areas of life. I like the Olympics, Olympic athletes are absolutely incredible. Anybody, athletes take care of their mind and their body very intentionally. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that we all should take care of our minds and our bodies intentionally every single day. You know, it may be walking outside, it may be lifting weights, it may be meditation, but you definitely have two key elements of mind and body that I think is really important to feed and nurture and, and to be mindful of how you're using those two things and, and building, you know, that strong foundation. I love seeing people as they age who look more beautiful than they did even younger because they've consistently built on those habits and those routines. So the G is for growth. A is for athlete, meaning mind and body. Uh The M is money. So it's just any way you do business. So, and I, I try to do this every day. Did I market? So did I, did I put any social media content out there that added value? Did I close a deal? Am I working on a new product? But every day I want to be in the game of business. And then E is engage specifically with your relationships. So, you know, my wife and I, we have, we've been married for 16 years and we've been together for over 20. Someday she doesn't love me quote unquote, or as into me as other days, right? But every single day I try to pour into her and my children and key relationships, words of affirmation, adoration, love in a way that they don't have to reciprocate. That could be taking my daughter out for a date. That could be sending my wife a text message in the middle of the day, just telling her how much I appreciate whatever it may be without the expectation of any response. Because the other thing about the game is it's a proactive approach for you to be successful without being dependent on anyone else's response. Mm -hmm. So that when you lay your head down at night, you can go, man, 
I did everything that I could today to win. And it's, it's just a game that I, I've been playing. It's three years solid. And it's, it's been incredible. The opportunities that have presented themselves, the relationships that, that have been elevated because of it. I'm in better shape now than I was three years ago. I mentally, this has probably been the most stressful year of my life, but I can tell you for a hundred percent fact that if I hadn't meditated and been mindful of what I was feeding my mind, that there's no telling I would have probably had a breakdown six months ago or whatever it is, but it's just the daily game of, of mind, body, business and relationships that you play. And it's just a fun little way for me to remember it and it makes me feel like an athlete. So. Yeah, no, I love it. Tell me what you do in the morning. What's your, cause I'm all about morning routine and having like your exercise, your gratitude, your meditation, all that. Yeah. Tell me yours. Uh, so mine, I love to wake up and immediately work out. Like that's the, I uh, either do jujitsu, lift weights or do something outside. So I wake up, sometimes I may have coffee beforehand, uh, depending on what time of day it is. I typically, I wake up earlier than I would prefer. My alarm goes off at four. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I have to beat the house away because my rule yeah. because my kids like to talk to me and I love that. I wouldn't trade that for anything, but I have to have my time for myself. So, you know, it's wake up, work out, immediately jump into scripture. And I'm not perfect. I don't hit it every single day. But in that time, my mind's very clear. I love to meditate after working out. That's when I'm, it's just, I connect really strong at that time. Mm-hmm. And then I like to produce. I like to, going back to your your classes, I like to bring in knowledge, whether that's through scripture or reading or whatever it is. And then I immediately like to, to put it out in the world. So that may be a text message to my team. That may be a podcast. That may be a blog article. But I like to share what I'm learning because then I'm, as I teach it, I'm immediately reinforcing it in. Yes, totally. I love that. And then from that, then I just go to, like I go to work or play. And Typically by seven fifteen in the morning, I've already won. Like it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. Like it's a winner. That's um, all I am. I love that. We're so alike. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I, and it's crazy. Like Saturday and Sunday, I try to sleep in sometimes, and it's like I can't. Like I know. the the cost of being behind and losing that routine. It, the difference in the day, like how I show up for my kids, or how I show up for Aaron, or or in business, like it's night and day. Like mm-hmm. one day for me is worth three days without a morning routine, if yes. that makes sense. Totally. You know, I wake up at four too, and mm-hmm. I have the same exact reason as I'm, I want to be so present in the highest energy I can when those girls wake up and come down for breakfast mm-hmm. and they just feed off of my energy. You know, they can't, if I come in and I'm like, just woke up, I can't imagine good morning, you know, pouring my first cup of coffee, hadn't even done anything. And yep. here they are, we're starting the day together. No, I, I feel like that's my, I mean, I, it's not my duty. It's, it's in me. I, it's part of who I am. It's not like, I don't even question it when the alarm goes off. Let I'm me like, ask you, oh, do you mind if I, I do wait. ask you a question? Please. So how long have you been doing a morning routine? I've always been a morning person. So morning routine, like I do now, probably, I don't know, the last 10 years, like really structured I, when the kids were where I could probably, yeah, I don't know if it's 10 years, but you know, where the girls are like yeah. kind of self-sufficient and I'm not nursing or something. Yeah. People ask me all the time, how do you wake up that? Like, what time do you go to bed? 
And I'm like, I'm going to bed anywhere between like eight and 11, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of good stuff's going on. But it doesn't feel like a cost to me to wake up that early. Does it to you? No. Mm-mm. And even on the weekends, like you said, it is, I, I do say, okay, I'm not going to try to wake up anytime. I'm going to see if I can sleep in. I have two <laughs> yeah. golden retriever dogs that are like sniffing going, uh, what's going on here? And they breathe in <laughs> down. I have to like touch them. It's just, yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, I'm just up. But see, I have people that I do my, in my classes that are on the East coast. In fact, Jordan, one of them is from Clemson. So that when oh. I saw that, so, and she listens, but I get up because there, I have the, her and her two little kids that I need to send a message to, and I want to do it before they go to school. So that also is in, in my head. Like I need to get up before those little kids go to school. They need my message, but I would do it anyway, you know, and it's just, an, I go to bed between eight, nine, you know, I, it's not a big deal, but yeah. um yeah, I just, the importance of that is it's such a no brainer. It's the value and the gift of getting up at four and feeling at seven fifteen like you do is yeah, like, it's crazy. It's crazy how much more awake you are. Quote, like, I mean, granted, you've been up for three and a half hours, so you're ahead of everybody else. But right. like, I've found that that first 45 minutes of being awake is, it's really me time. And if I don't have the me time, then I really don't get the me time all day. And I, and it's like, I almost become selfish throughout the day. And it's like, <laughs> I just need you to give me a minute. If I right. don't have that morning routine, but when I give myself that opportunity and it, and some days it's 45 minutes, some days it's 90, you know, it's just, it primes the whole day and, and changes perspective. And I've also noticed that like at two or three o'clock in the afternoon, if I've had the proper morning routine, like when business throws me a big curveball, you know, cause there's always something going wrong or an obstacle or a challenge. Like the days that I've had a nice morning routine, I can flip those into opportunities real fast. But other times it's like, I start throwing myself a pity party. Mm-hmm. It changes the complete outcome for my team. And you're like a, you're a big like energy walking into a room. You and I can switch a room pretty quick, either positive or negatively with what mood we're in. And it's like, right. it's a lot more impactful when you're sharing your message to Jordan and the kids when you're on fire already. It's, right. it's, it's really amazing. That's totally. cool to watch. Oh, I love it. What? Um, so when you are raising these kids and yes. they're in your home and you are this amazing dad that started his day off with this way and has businesses mm-hmm. and, you know, busy. What mm-hmm. is your like focus when they, because you're not quite where I am right now, but you're, I'm the 12, you know, that's your mm-hmm. oldest, right? You yep. know, how I view this is like, I told you before we, recorded, but I, like, I feel like I've really fed these girls so much tools and love and uh, they have so much confidence. We know our values, you know, they're, I don't worry about Paige at high school at all. She knows her values would never even question it, you know, and then Presley's mm-hmm. in seventh grade, but what a feeling as a parent to have that knowing that there is not a question in my mind that she would ever do anything. <laughs> she even got to school uh, ninth grade, they only went twice a week because of COVID. And she says, mom, girls swear. <laughs> I said, I said, well, that's why dad and I wanted you to go to that school. So we got her out of this little Christian school that she went to until eighth grade. So she was like, I go, there's a lot more that we're going to learn. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yes, I know. Aren't you like opening your eyes, but you're with me so we can talk about it. But that's the feeling. I want to know what you do with your kids and what your mission is with being a dad 
not a mission, but what's your, like, what just fuels you as seeing these kids grow? So timely question last night. So, um, last year we homeschooled our kids. So we're kind of doing the opposite. So we did the public school deal. And then this last year we homeschooled, which was really special. And then we enrolled all three kids into a private school just because of some circumstances around our particular school district. But in my purpose and my mission, or I say all that, every Wednesday night we have standing date night. And then that way we don't have to like figure out childcare and all that stuff. So last night was date night. And Aaron and I were talking and we were, we were talking with a friend of ours. My job is to equip my children to outgrow me. Is like, I want them to be better human beings than I am. And I want them to chase success on their terms. We have a very open dialogue in our house about college education and expectations and, and specific to our family. Like if it makes sense for you, you to go to college, because that gets you to where you want to be, if that's the path then absolutely, but that's not the expectation. I don't want to have to put that expectation on you. I want you to go chase your greatness. And so my mission, the way I see it is to let my children know truth. So I, I don't lie to my kids. Even when I make a mistake, I'm, you know, I say, I'm sorry, or this is what I did wrong. So having an honesty uh, within yourself, but also with your relationships, that's a big piece of it. And then not letting them think that they're not capable of changing their circumstances ever. So like, if they don't like something, they can change it. If they want to achieve something, they can go pursue it. Now it's, it can take a lot of effort, but they're never a victim. And they're ultimately the ones that are in charge of the trajectory of their life. Like everything that I do is, has been to prime them to like, they know love. Like there's absolutely no question that they know love on a very big level. And even when they mess up, I like we've had some behavioral challenges with different kids. And it's like, look, I don't have a problem with you making a mistake. Like I mess up a lot, but it's how we talk about it. And it's, and it's, what we do with it and pursuing truth at the end of the day is the most important thing. And it's your truth. And I probably don't even have to tell you what that is. And so like, you know, the other day, the three kids, they were getting into a little disagreement between the two sisters and the brother. And I set them all down. I said, all right, I'm not going to tell you any of my rules. Y'all tell me though, how you handled the situation and what you should have done, if anything, differently based off of what your voice inside of you is telling you. And it was really cool. They all three said the same thing Uh and it was the right thing. And I was like, see, y'all know the difference between what you are doing and what you should be doing. I will hold you to your standard every single time. And Mm -hmm. they're like, well, that's not fair. (laughs) I was like, yeah, (laughs) because your standards are higher for you than than even mine are. And I believe that. So my job is to just, is to give them that that perspective and that framing on the world and then give them the tools, whether it's, I mean, I have a 12 year old daughter. We're in the middle of hormones. I never had a daughter, never had a sister, but even just teaching her tools when she goes into witch mode, like (laughs) I did like my little Tony Robbins uh, pattern interrupt the other day with her. And I changed her, her physical state and I made her laugh and I, I named the witch Matilda. And she started laughing. And so it disrupted that pattern. And then I told her how she could do that same thing. Anytime she started to get in a bad mood, how she could change her, her body position and her tone and 
open up her lungs. And like, those are things that I've spent tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn. Why wouldn't I give that information away to my daughter so that she could shave off 10 years of learning? And I I just feel like that's my job. And, And then just to love them and have like, not have fun all the time, but just like, let them know that I'm there, but that they don't always need me because one day I'm not going to be there. Right. And I want them to be capable and, and lead a family better than I did. You know, I was a workaholic for the first 10 years. Well, maybe not 10 years, really first 10 years of my marriage for sure. And I missed a lot of time because mm-hmm. that's all I, I didn't know any better. What made you know like, better? What shifted that, that talk in the kitchen? Uh, <laughs> my wife, my wife, I mean, I think the magic, I think having a strong spouse, like, God, I mean, my wife makes me want to be a better version of me, but she loves me and she already thinks that I'm absolutely incredible the way I am. Uh-huh. So like the accountability and the support there is just, incre- I mean, just listening to her or watching uh-huh. her and, and her being honest with me and just tell me where she is. I mean, we've, we've had counseling before we've had, you know, she will stand in all of her fury and tell me when I'm being hard headed and dumb, but in a, in a way that gets through to my hard head. And it's just, <laughs> uh, I mean, she's been so supportive. I just, I was really fortunate. And I think that that's, that was a big piece for me. And then just a lot of self-development and I mean, who was your first um, Tony Robbins or what was your first real? My very first coach, my first coach. So most of my, the first two coaches I had were really tactical is what I would call them. So it was more like do this, do that. Right. So it wasn't as much mindset. And then I listened to a Tony Robbins deal. And then I actually hired a Tony Robbins coach results coach. And that got me a free ticket to UPW. And then that's like, that's when everything changed. And I figured out like mindset trumps everything. Like mm-hmm. I like to simplify everything because otherwise I get confused and like mindset controls everything. You know, he always talks about getting a result. Like if you get very clear on the result and not stay married to the plan necessarily, like you can get the result with enough right. tenacity. Totally. And I think that, like, I think that's where a lot of people kind of get like when I coach people, that's one of the things is like, don't get, don't overthink this thing, right? Like you don't have to know about all the intricacies of a podcast to start a podcast. Like, oh, believe you me. Can, <laughs> right. But it's <laughs> just like, just start sure. and people are going to think you're better than you think you are, period. And it's like, just put one foot in front of the other. Like kids, you don't ever tell a kid to quit trying to walk. Like, right. they're going to fall. Like you're as part of it, you're going to make a mistake. And, but like, we would never discourage a child from wanting to be an astronaut or we never discourage a child to try to like learn to walk. Like we're going to support them. And that's just our role. Like go chase your dreams. I mean, that's building companies and team members. Like I tell our teammates all the time, I'm like, look, you come on board. If, if, if you ever want to leave the company to go pursue a passion of yours, like let me help you get there. Like I will be supportive. Right. of you pursuing your dreams, even if it doesn't align with mine. Because if I get the people that do align, even if it's for a short little pit stop from point A to point B, and I'm still going to see, like, that's a journey we can align temporarily and, and have a lot of fun. I think everything about life is, but Tony Robbins to answer your question, sorry, was uh, my first mindset coach. 
and I've had a Tony Robbins coach since, God, I think I'm on seven years oh, cool. of having a Tony Robbins coach consistently. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. You know, I it, what you just said reminded me because I used to have a day spa. I opened it with, I faked it till I made it. <laughs> the mm-hmm. story of my life, just like the podcast. And I would go to PSI. I had, um, this is the first um, seminar I went to that really opened my eyes that really empowered me to open the spa, <laughs> quit my job with nothing, open the spa with nothing. But I would have these people come in and, uh, you know, massage therapists and estheticians, and I would send them to these seminars and I would give them these books and I would have these talks with them and empower them and tell them they can be, do, or have anything. And then all of a sudden, Oh, Ashley, I'm quitting. I'm going to open my own spa. Like, Oh, Okay. And then that happened like so many times, but you know, at the beginning I thought, Oh no, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to to pass this stuff on. So you can take this and do your own thing. So it was kind of like this, Oh, maybe this is backfiring on me, but they (laughs) all kept moving on and opening their own things. Cause I was like, Oh, it's like the little birdies out of my nest, you know, but I could watch them fly. Oh, I love it. I, I mean, it's like having kids now at my age, you know, it's like I'm feeling like it's getting closer and closer to where I'm going to have to let them fly. But when I mm-hmm. see that all the things that I've been instilling in them, <laughs> I have this like, yeah, it'll be time when it's ready. I know you'll be ready. It's such a, I mean, I think that's one of the gifts that being a business owner or a parent, I mean, we all have the opportunity to lead. And I think that, I mean, going back to like some foundational beliefs about human beings is we all have followers and we're all leaders, whether we're good leaders or bad leaders, mm-hmm. like that's something we have control over. And I think just investing in yourself, whether it's from a time or a studying or a coach or whatever it is, it's so important. I mean, it's so important to invest in yourself and because like if you it's like the face uh, the oxygen mask in the airplane like you have to get the oxygen mask on you first before you can start helping other people or mm-hmm. else you're not going to be able to help other people you know you have to go to work on you before you can start impacting others and like you know bad relationships the best place to start with a bad relationship like every time that me and Aaron are not like at the height of our relationship typically it's a me thing and and like when I get frustrated, it's like that's my little tap on the shoulder to say, "Hey, Vaughn, why don't you, uh, why don't you stop for a second? Why don't you look around, and why don't you look at some things that you could be doing differently first? And like ninety eight percent of the time, it's a me thing. And right. and I think people have take they, that accountability. You're never a victim. Like you never you have true freedom. Um, totally, and oh, I love it's, that. Yes. It's so freeing, and it doesn't matter if I'm. It, I can do that anywhere in the world, and it mm-hmm. and it's and it's in your mind and your heart and and what you have right there in that moment, whether it's your twelve year old child or your your employee that's about to leave. We all have choices how to act in that moment and be present. So mm-hmm. oh, I always talk about live in the moment, be love, be in the now. It's all we have. This is a gift. We don't get to redo it. <laughs> and then to when people go and talk about the past and we keep bringing it back and all the things that I'm like, we're not even there. That's not doing anything. When I think, no, we're living now. And I always talk about the rear view mirror being small and the mm-hmm. windshield being big. And that's why the windshield's big because yeah. you need to focus forward. 
not little yes. tiny rear view mirror. <laughs> it's interesting you say that. So I've never really struggled with anxiety before. And actually, I don't even really like to use the word anxiety very often because yeah, Tony Robbins so is like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like to put labels in things, right? So like looking back, uh, the, the past is for fond memories and lessons learned. I had a fighter pilot tell me that and I was like, I'll, I can get on board with that. But then I, in the, over the past 12 to 18 months, I've, I found myself getting a little tight or anxious. And what I was doing is I was going too far into the future. And I think that for me, even bringing the future, like the, the looking forward, bringing it back to a more, to a shorter span yes, and to more of the presence really important because like when I think dream big and, and, and 10 X and, you know, you start listening intentionally to some of this stuff. It's like, you go so far out. It almost looks like it becomes the horizon. Like you're never going to get there. And I'm not going to make it versus saying, look, let's just get to this checkpoint. And, right. and shorting that gap for me has been something very helpful for me to take out some of the pressure and to loosen it up and let things flow a little bit. And again, just kind of going back to the athlete things, like when we're in Mojo, just like this conversation, not scripted at all, it flows and it moves. Like that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just, how do you get there? How do you get there with relationships with your kids or with your spouse? Or, but most importantly, how do you, how do you just do it with yourself? Because it gives other people permission. It shows like they can feel that energy. Oh, I mean, I totally. felt it's, I mean, I don't care if it's through zoom or not. I mean, I can, you're questioning, like we would be fine. We'd love to hang out together. We'd probably have right. a lot of fun right. <laughs> because know, we have that not, energy. Right. You know, you, it, yeah. And I can tell you, I tell the girls every day, like you, we start, you know, explaining how important being happy is. I mean, let's just start with happy. <laughs> you know, that's one little thing. Just be, find something to make you happy and then watch what it, it, you're attracting. You're going to attract all that. You know, it's like you're a magnet to the good things. The ones that are below that happy line, you won't even notice them. They won't even come around you because you are so happy and you're, but, but I feel that way with me. I could, you, know, you can go down in a grocery store and now that we don't wear masks in the grocery store, it's so fun to smile. And I'm always about gosh, now they can see my face and know that I'm kind of, ha- you know, like happy. But then you see these reactions and I, I always am trying to be an example and the girls have to give five compliments a day. And that's what a lot of my, I mean, I do, that's part of my program is you have to go out and give five compliments a day. But the one thing about that is at the beginning, they're like, well, no one does it back. I said, that's not why you're doing it. You need like teaching your kids to give and, you know, be that outward person with that energy, you know, that just find something that makes you happy and stay there. <laughs> and if it's then, then you go to the next best feeling thought, the next one, you know, keep climbing. I love it. You made me think of two things when you said that meditation has been something I played with now for three years, different types and just different things. But most recently, social media got me and they showed me a tapping app. And a, oh. Tony Robbins endorses it. And it's really cool. Um, you can download it on the app store, but it's it's trigger points basically of tapping as you meditate. But there's a guided meditation with Tony Robbins, and it's been probably one of the most powerful ones because literally it starts out with pure gratitude of like small things. And what's been crazy is I find a lot of quiet time in my truck. And uh-huh. in either my driveway after working out or my office when I'm pulling in. Mm-hmm. And the grateful moments that pop into my head are like the small ones. Like 
my little boy lights up every single day when he sees me in the morning, like hugs me and I can see his messy little head and his little brown eyes and he's hugging me. But like, I would never slow down on my own accord to, to look at that moment. But like that, but that moment costs nothing. There was no financial, whatever. It was just me loving him as a father. Mm-hmm. And that if you, you cannot be angry and grateful at the same time, like gratefulness causes happiness. And yes. it's so cool to watch that. And then the second thing is that you mentioned. So the tapping meditation is pretty cool. You should check it out. Uh, yeah, Tony well, Robbins guided sure. one's really cool. Um, but the uh, the second thing you said is the five compliments and your and your daughter is being like they don't say anything back. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about that is that's a true gift that your children, that you're teaching your kids to give. Like that's what gifting really is. And I think so often, whether it's in relationships, I mean, I, this is something I've been guilty of is like, Hey, Aaron, I'm going to take you on date night, but I expect certain things around date night. It's almost like a bartering system. And, and that's not a real gift versus just, honey, you look beautiful today, period. Like, and your kids saying five compliments, that's a true gift. Like it wasn't earned. Like they didn't have to earn that compliment. And I don't, I think like, that's a big thing. Into I think a lot of people don't know what a gift is today. Like just learn, it's, it's <laughs> learning to receive them is even uncomfortable sometimes because I'm a big giver. That's my love language. I love the gift. And when other people give to me, sometimes it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. But, but it like, that could be robbing them of the joy of gifting. Right. And I was like, and I, I had a mentor of mine tell me that one. I tried to buy his lunch. He was like, Paul, let me buy lunch, please. Uh-huh. Don't yeah, rob me of same. that. And I was like, and I was like, wow. Okay. He's like, uh, you can't earn your salvation. And I was like, oh, okay. Noted. Got it. Um, <laughs> it's just really, it's, it's just really cool to hear other people sharing that. Cause like they're, they're going to go share that into the world and the impact that you have, like all of us can be coaches. And I think that's the other cool thing too, is like, if you have children, like you're trained, like you're priming them, you're not in control of them, but you're definitely strong influence of how they can impact the world in every way that they come into contact with people. And it, that's a big opportunity. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I had my kids older, So I was 37 and 40 when I had mine. And so I had all those years of, you know, discovery, (laughs) I guess Uh, I could put it in one word, but, um, you know, I, I just remember, you know, I think of friends that got me like you, like, think of what you've created with Aaron, knowing you knew each other in high school. Like, that's like, you are like growing up together and you're still like growing and doing, I mean, that's amazing. Cause I think back and think, Oh, if I got married in high school, there's no, I don't, I just, it, it was just like, I know I was meant to wait until I was at that place. But I, when I look at you and you love for each other and you've just grown together, grown up together and, you know, have this amazing relationship and, you know, always growing and learning. But I feel like when you're not stagnant and you're both growing together, don't you agree? Like you're both supporting each other and encouraging each other. Yeah. I, you know, and it's, you bring up an interesting point, I think, because I work, I work with a lot of females and a lot of younger people. 
I love youthful energy. Like if you don't put an age to it, I just love youthful, energetic human beings. They're, they make me feel better. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like I, I know that I was made to get married early to, to my wife. Cause otherwise I'd probably be dead somewhere. Um, <laughs> like I would have not, if I would have had the same amount of time that you did with just me to focus on, it would have been a bad scenario long-term. It probably would have been a long-term, but it's really neat to the growth and support piece. You know, I kind of have, I feel weird saying this, but I think you could almost have two people that did not know each other or necessarily even love each other, get married. And if they were both committed to the marriage, they could stay married and eventually they would find love for one another through that marriage. I think because like the amount of stuff like that a marriage will take you through together. If you stay together, it's a lot. I mean, whether it's postpartum, whether it's being financially broke, spiritually broke, whatever is so, I mean, my wife, I've seen her in the, I mean, she had a, they found a cyst on her pancreas and mm-hmm. tripled in size and, had emergency surgery and sitting there in the, in the hospital room for a week, looking at my wife going, she's not, I thought I was going to die before she was, I thought she was invincible. She's not. And like never realized the, the finiteness of all of it. Right. And I was like, this is special. And like, but just the commitment to stay committed to one another when you don't want to, And Tony talks about it, like if you treat the end like you did the beginning, like if Aaron asked me to take out the trash and we were just dating, I'd be like, sure, honey. But like 20 years into it, you're like, Aaron's like, take out the trash. I'm like, well, why don't you do it? And it's like, wait a minute, (laughs) well, just do it, knucklehead. And it's just, it's an investment, but I can't think of anything more gratifying. Like what else are you going to spend your time on? And you can, it doesn't matter if you have, and I think that was another cool moment in life. I'll never forget. I built the two beds for our little girls and I'm not a great woodworker, but I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. When we had Liam, it, my two daughters and Liam were laying on the floor with their heads down, like near each other, like in a little circle triangle, I guess. And we were reading to them. Aaron was reading them, reading to them at night. And I was watching and I started crying. Cause I was like, this is it. Like, this is life. Like this takes no dollars. This could be under a tent, under a tree or in a mansion. It doesn't matter. And love is it. Like that's, that's all it takes. And it's amazing what love can allow you to do and, and the valleys it'll take you through, but then the pinnacles it takes you to, I mean, just, I wouldn't want to have to share that alone. And I also like, you don't have to rush it. Like going back to your energy and vibes and like, I'm not a big quantum physics guy and I don't understand of it, but I I do believe that there's an energy that you start to put out there and it starts attracting certain opportunities and people and relationships around you. And even people that are single that might be listening to this, like, I don't think you have to press to find that special someone. I think you just need to be sort of getting more clear on who you are and show yourself and declare who you are through your actions. And I really think those people, like that person will come. And I do, I, 
as much as I said that I think you'd have two people stay married and they would find love through that marriage. I do think it's infinitely easier to love someone and then build an incredible marriage beyond it. But I think that that's like a pressure that, you know, you're supposed to be married by this or that. And it's like, no, just be you. You'll find the person. They may already be right around you Mm -hmm. and you're just not paying attention to them. Right. And it's, uh, it's just, I mean, that's so special. And that's where God comes in. And that's where the little, like, that's where the magic happens. Like you don't have to do anything. You just have to be there. You have, and you have to take action. Like, go say hello to the girl or like, like give the guy the opportunity to come into your world a little bit, like just open the door. Like, right. and that's action. That's not, you don't have to do anything crazy. It's just like, open up a little bit. That right. may be all it takes yeah. or ask. <laughs> yeah. I know. I have a friend that's, I was working with in my, one of my classes and she kept saying, you know, I, her dreams were to have, you know, have a mate, have, have, a partner for life, someone to travel with. And she wasn't doing anything. And one day I was like, come on, Nancy, you got to start taking action. Like you're just going to sit there and write it out and think that God's just going to bring him to the front door. And you just need, so she starts to do, okay, Ash, I'll start doing it. So she gets on her little dating thing. I said, are you swiping? (laughs) Just keep swiping. I keep saying swiper, keep swiping or whatever that door is. Swiper, swiper, don't swipe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I keep telling her, just keep swiping. And so things were moving and it was kind of fun. And so I just, you know, when people sit there and they can dream all day long and, you know, without not listening to their inner voice, not taking that inspired action, like we talked about at the beginning and, oh my gosh, we're at the end. <laughs> See, Vaughn, this went by so fast. Oh uh, my no, gosh, I'm taking lovely. up almost all of your time. But yes, we will end, we will wrap it up. But, you know, when you do that and you start seeing the magic and that this life just becomes so beautiful and fun and you're happy and you're bringing all these amazing people to you because of that. And you're having relationships, like just sitting here talking to you, it's been over an hour and yes. I could That's hard to going. believe. I didn't even think about it. I haven't looked oh, at my watch at geez. all. I go, Oh, I didn't know. I was like, Holy cow. <laughs> but it's just like the moments when you meet someone like that, like you just, this is like the gift for the podcast for me is that I get to meet people like you that I just and love and could keep talking to, you know? Well, and in closing, I think the other thing too is giving yourself the time and space for opportunity to take place. You know, like you may be on a tighter schedule than I am, but I booked extra time just in case we could always cut it early if it wasn't going great. But like, what if there was magic happening? You can expand into it. So I think like just slowing down and, and allowing things to expand where they should, and then not hanging out where you don't have to. But I think, I mean, this has been a real gift. I, I appreciate you having me on. It's been so much fun. Oh, it's been a gift to me. I loved it. I, and I told you from the beginning, I said, okay, I, I never know where things are going. I listened to, you know, your story. I, lo- I cannot wait. And then I was like, oh, I know there's going to be so much magic in this episode. And there was, well, and there could be well, another two, three, four episodes after it I'll, with you. <laughs> I'll come back anytime. Oh, Alternate you'll have me. So let's tell everybody where they can find you. At Vaughn Granger, V-A-U-G-H-N. G-R-A-N-G-E-R. And that's for Instagram, Facebook. You can vongranger.com. You can find more about me, sign up for my newsletter, direct message me. I handle all that because I like to have authentic conversations. So just follow me there and you can see all the different things that I'm involved in and and comment and share and love to meet you. Oh, thank you, Vaughn. It's been so fun. 
You are my Thank new friend. You. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.